From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, email edition for July 8th, 2010, from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Nobody in the peanut gallery. Weird. And one empty seat and at the table. And one empty seat at the table. This is actually kind of nice. It's, just <laughs> it's a little intimate. <laughs> very intimate. It's, you know, just us. Um yeah, Walter's getting ready to go back to, uh, he's got a family reunion thing this weekend in North Carolina. Teresa's still on vacation. Uh, Julie is uh, uh, taking care of the, the babies. Uh, so it's just it's is, just us. Is Teresa going to go to the reunion? No. No, no. Kelvin's going to the reunion, but Teresa's, Teresa's getting back from Illinois today. We're actually recording this on the day it's going up. We didn't record this on Tuesday. We're recording this Thursday the 8th, so... Um, so Teresa's getting home tonight. But all right, let's just uh, get some of the regular spiel out of the way. Uh, we're going to read your emails and play your voicemails on the show. We do this every other week uh, on alternating weeks. We also do a disboards.com show. And obviously this week is an email show. If you would like to send us an email, ask us a question, comment about the show, anything like that, podcast at wdwinfo.com is the email address. You can also go to our show notes page, podcast.com wdwinfo.com and fill out the feedback form that you'll find there. If you would like to send us a voicemail toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 9662 is the phone number, local number, if uh, that doesn't work for you, 407-5-745093. Reading it on an angle. Yeah, I'm reading on an angle here. Uh, you can also uh, record a voicemail via your iPhone. And email it to us right from the device, usually, depending on how long it is. But uh, that, that, those actually work out well because the sound quality on those are, are fabulous. So Now that these new iPhones have that thing where you can record yourself, we should make people do send in videos. If you have an iPhone 4, I'll, I'll, here's what I'll do. <laughs> only iPhone 4. Here's, well, because oh, iPhone 4 is really the only one. Well, you know what? No, we won't, we won't just be specific. Videos. Anyone film, willing to do it? Film a video of yourself. Put a uh, put up a video question, or or send us a video question. Anybody who does it automatically gets to pick a number. Oh, it's if like we, ask Ina. If we use it on the show, if we use it on the show, you'll automatically get to pick a number. You won't have to wait to go into the pool. This is a test. I'm not going to do this every month. We'll try it out. We'll see how it works. We'll see how many people get back to us. Videotape. That's a really good idea, John. Thank you. Uh, video your question and send it to us. And keep in mind that the more interesting you look, the more interesting the video. <laughs> oh, this is like reality show tryouts or something. You know, send in your <laughs> yeah, really, really send in your video. That's a good idea. I like that. So, all right, we're going to get started with our first voicemail this week, which comes to us from Kaylee. In Pennsylvania, which has uh, who has it? Which has? Oh God, I had a, I had a, I had a bad night's sleep. Um, who has a question about uh, fitness centers at the hotel? So here is Kaylee. 
Hi, Diz Unplugged team. This is Kaylee from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I have a really quick question involving some different fitness options in Walt Disney World. Um, I was just wondering, do all of the hotels have gyms and fitness centers, or is it just certain ones? And could you just give me some general information about them, like hours? Um, any information would help. Or I've heard of something called, like, Wide World of Sports. Can you work out there? Um, like I said, anything will help. Love the show. Thanks for all you guys do. Bye. Well, Kaylee, thank you for uh, calling in. Um and you did not give us your contact information, so please send that into podcast at www.info.com so we know who you are and we can know where to send your T-shirt or pin and lanyard. Hey, fellow Pittsburgher. Uh, hotel gyms are like kryptonite to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can tell you this, that it's the deluxe hotels that have the workout facilities. The uh, the moderates and the values do not. Only Coronado one, Springs. Only Coronado Water, Springs yeah. does. Uh, I believe they are uh, they are complimentary with your... Uh, no, they're not complimentary with the... If you're a hotel guest, they're complimentary. If you are not, there's a $12 charge. But if you book, a, like say, a spa experience at one of the uh, hotels, right. the deluxe hotels, you can use the workout facility all day for free. And there's an age limit. Um, minimum age is 14, but 14 to 17, you need a parent with you. I'm not sure the hours, though. I, I would assume they vary from it's hotel to hotel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep talking. I'm just... And to finish up, I don't believe there's a workout place for guests at Wide World of Sports. You can run around the bases or something if you like. <laughs> Get that on the field. I'm not even sure you can do that. You can run around the parking lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wide World of Sports is more for uh, organized sporting events. Like, uh, you know, they do spring training there for, uh, who is it, the Atlanta Braves? They have uh, cheerleader competitions there, things like that. Um, They do a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, yep. So, yeah, but it is not necessarily go there and work out or something like that. They used to have one because I worked out there before. On the college program. Really? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's still there. Was it a cast member exclusive? I mean, there might be. I mean, look, there might be a, a workout facility there. I'm just not familiar with it. Yeah. But again, like I said, it's... I'm not sure if it's open to guests, though. I would check the Wide World of Sports website and see if if they mention it. Because you would think if, you know, the sports teams come and do spring training, they need some sort of facility, but it might just be for those teams. Yeah. Could be. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Kaylee. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. Uh, This comes from Julie Wynn in Whirl, UK. I apologize if it's not pronounced Whirl. Spell it. W-I-R-R-A-L. Whirl. Yes. Like a squirrel without the squirrel. Okay. I have a trip coming up this Christmas with my family and a close friend who will be experiencing the magic for the first time. We're all very excited. Give them bad information. Okay, I'm going to do that. No, I'm saying give, they should give the friend bad information. Oh, okay. And then take them to like Old Town and tell them it's Disney World. Definitely <laughs> Disney. John took his nephews to A&W one time and told them that was Disney I took, World. <laughs> I, I took my dad <laughs> to the A&W near Seven Dwarfs Lane and they have little rides. I told him he was in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I saved $80. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, getting back to Julie. We've spent like crazy on previous trips, and this time we have to be much more careful. So we're looking to eat out more economically at economical locations, but still enjoy our favorite kinds of food. I remember Kevin saying that Payway is a great place to eat Chinese without spending a fortune. And someone said, maybe Peter Walter, there's a good Mexican restaurant with similar prices. That was me too. So could you please tell me where is the closest Payway to US 192 as we'll be staying on Sunset Lakes close to Formosa Gardens Boulevard. Also, what and where the Mexican restaurant is. Plus a little detail about the food, prices, and service at both. Many thanks for the entertaining and informative show and website that keeps the magic close for all of us. And best wishes. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. In case you read this out loud and you're not sure, my last name is Wynn. I got that part. It was the world part that got what me. What did she write over on the bottom of the note? <laughs> over. Exactly. It was below the fold. <laughs> it was below the fold. Uh, Julie from Whirl. Payway is located on Osceola Parkway. The closest one to 192 would be on Osceola Parkway near the Loop. It's the intersection of Osceola Parkway and John Young Parkway. Right near where I used to live. Yep. And the service, there is pretty much none. You walk in and you order at a counter and you go sit down and they do bring you your food, but it's not a sit down kind of restaurant. It's However, the people there are really, really nice, really helpful. If you say um, they'll actually get you more drink if they see that your drink is empty, they've done that for us and things like that. If your food's not right, they'll bring it back and have it remade. So there's a little bit of service going on. Okay. <laughs> there's also. <laughs> Am I crimping your Thorazine drip? (laughs) (laughs) There's also one at the intersection of Sand Lake Road and Turkey Lake Road in the Whole Foods shopping area. And as John has pointed out, there's medium service there also. The Mexican restaurant I was referring to is Tijuana Flats, and the closest one to where you're staying is on John Young Parkway, just north of the Loop, uh, and again, it's very inexpensive. But again, you order at a counter and your food is delivered. And if you look sad and pathetic, they'll go get you drinks also. <laughs> the nice thing about Tijuana Flats is it's one of those places where a little bit of money gets you a lot of food. I, I was just going to say, John and I have healthy appetites. And for like $23, we can feast. And it's all you can eat queso, too. So if you order the queso, right. won't they refill it? Queso, guacamole, and uh, salsa. Yeah. With their medium service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they have medium service, too. If you get the chips and um, they have what they call the Tijuana Trio, which you get a little bit of queso, guacamole, and salsa, and chips. And if you ask for more, they'll bring you more of everything. And I think it's three ninety five. dollars you pour it on top of your burritos. It's mm, good. Yeah. It's a, See, I've got to be in a special, special mood for Mexican food. I, I like it, but it's it's, it's not, not something. Thing. It's not like, like Chinese I could eat every night. But Oh, you See, can't do Mexican every night. No, you can't. You would die. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I, just like I said, it's it's just not a, not you know, just I've got to be in a certain mood. There's also a lot of carbs. You know, yeah. A lot of carbs in Mexican yeah. food. So that's it. Um, now, I I know from where you're staying, I know there's a new shopping center out at the intersection of US 27 and I-4 
And I believe there might be a Tijuana Flats out there. I think I've heard that, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's not a direction I travel in very often, so I'm not really that familiar with it. You mean 27 and 192, not I-4? Yes, 27 and 192. No, I mean 27 and I-4. Out where Baseball City used to be, there's a great big new shopping area. Okay, I go there quite often, but don't remember seeing one in there. Okay, I, I, that's why I said I thought I had heard that there was one out there. Is it a okay. payway out there? No. Okay. Somebody told me there was something out there that I liked, and I don't remember what it was. That's fascinating. <laughs> now, if you head towards the loop from Disney, I'm riveted. You're going to hit uh, hit a toll. Correct. Yes, you dollar, are going to hit a toll. Dollar twenty five. Dollar fifty. Dollar twenty five. I believe. Now I know a lot of these tolls they've changed them to exact change, and some of them are still manned. So I don't know. This is a manned toll. Okay. Manned toll. If you have a Sun Pass or an O Pass, you can get through. But there is uh, there are people there making changes. You know, bring some quarters with you if you do feel like. Uh, you know, That's pretty much a true bit. wherever you go in Central Florida. Yeah, you're going to yeah. find a toll if somewhere. You're venturing, if you're venturing too far outside the immediate tourist corridor, you can get from Disney to Universal and back without paying a toll. Right. But if you're going on uh, any of the major uh, roadways, um, the Greenway, the four-way. Osceola Parkway. Osceola Parkway. Any of those, they are, you know, we, we, New Jersey's got nothing on us. State Road 528 to the port is a toll road. Yeah. With with New Jersey has nothing on us with toll booths. What I suggest is if uh, a lot of times folks from the UK stay longer than your average guest, they may stay four or six weeks. If you're going to stay four or six weeks and you're going to travel around a lot on your own, go to Publix, go to I forget who else sells them now. Get an O pass yeah. for your stay. Mm-hmm. Pre what you do is you prepay the toll onto this electronic device. Now they're the size of a credit card. Yeah, and you don't save any money doing this. It's just you don't have to keep it's carrying convenient. change with you. There or are some so, tolls that are actually a, a few pennies less, like 25 cents less, if you use that as opposed to paying for it But directly. for the most part, it's... Also, you're not going to save money, but you are going to save time because a lot of the major highways now, the throughway is the electronic toll, and there's no reason to even slow down for a toll booth. And also, as Corey pointed out, there are a number of smaller toll spots now, more and more as time goes on, that are not manned. That the exit, e- most of the exit ones. You, even the, the bigger either, one near me on 417, down by Celebration on the weekends, it's not manned. Celebration, I was just going to say, if you're getting off any of the highways into Celebration, there's a toll booth that is not manned. Right. You're so, going to need a credit card to preload your... O-Pass or Easy Pass. The big thing is it would save you time. You don't have mm-hmm. to wait in those lines. Right. And if you run it by accident, don't put your car in reverse and try to, <laughs> I mean, because you're going to get in a wreck. They're not going right. to, you know, send the cops after you. Not only are you um, no, but not going But I, I think we need to point out, if you have a rental car and you run a toll, they are going to send something to the rental car company and the rental car company is going to come after you. They We've usually give you, like... One time, right, but if the guy before you did it did it that one time, then you're going to get the ticket. So keeping a handful of quarters in your glove box or your ashtray or whatever you've got in your car is going to be helpful while you're in. Yeah, and this is only this is only if you're going outside the immediate tourist corridor area and I, anything on I four. If you can get to it from I four, you're fine. If you have to go onto any of the other major highways. Uh, in Central Florida, you really should have change, not just dollar bills, but actual like quarters. Have at least like five dollars in quarters in your car, just to be on the safe side. People use those little. Have you seen those like tubes for the mini M and M's? 
they uh-huh. fit quarters exactly. And a lot of people on the Diz use those to keep their quarters there in when go. they travel. She's from the UK. Should she carry pence or quid? <laughs> no, stop it. I don't know. Leave <laughs> the Brits alone. You keep talking about wanting to go to London. There's going to be that somebody to be at the border. Bite. Leave the Brits alone. <laughs> Leave my British people alone. I don't know. I watch Gordon Ramsay, and it's all about pence and quid, and I don't even know what he's Gordon Ramsay has some colorful expressions. Yes, he does. And apparently it's okay to curse on BBC. They're, they're, they're not quite as uptight as we are about that. So, All right, well, thank you for that, Kevin. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. This is from Jeff. Hey, podcast team. One goofy here. I'm on the fence about scheduling an impromptu trip to catch the fireworks at Summer Nightastic, but just came back from a land sea in May, and I'm not sure I can justify the cost of another trip so soon. So is it worth a special trip for Summer Nightastic? I think it is. Still haven't been. I've got to get over there for it. I really do. I'm, it, I, you know, my problem is that it just when it's and it's not bad now. I really, this no. would not be a bad time. No to go. humidity or very for the next low, week. Very little, for the next week, we're we're, we're doing pretty good humidity wise. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I am so loath to go anywhere near a theme park in the summer. Once once you live here, you mm-hmm. get that you you get that that urge to go beat Natty. Uh, in the summer, you do that a few times for me anyway, because I'm not to not go pretty, beat Nadia. You get <laughs> you get it beaten out of you <laughs> to go. I didn't know who Nadia was. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I beat Nadia. I didn't every I thought, time I think about going to a theme park. I thought maybe it was a colorful Gordon Ramsay expression. I, I get the urge to go beat Nadia. I agree. I mean, we don't do it. We're not going to go it's see Harry Potter until January 2nd, because I believe that'll be cold. <laughs> 2015. Exactly. <laughs> Julie's sister comes in town next week, and we're going to go check it out. I'm sure I'm going to get my fill of theme parks while she's here. <laughs> People are hot let's hope and crabby. Let's, let's hope this humidity stays low for you. I have a related question to what Kathy asks. Uh, Marcy from Walden, New York, wants to know if, um, she, think, if she thinks Disney will extend summer night-tastic offerings. And you said... Um, someone should make a special trip. Do you think they're going to change the Tower of Terror? Do you think that's going to now go back to the way it was, or is that new changed for good? I don't know. Like with everything Disney, chances are they're going to wait till like the twelfth of August and then say, "Hey, we're going to extend this." It's going to be right. fall fan, you know, summer night or something. My thought is that they're not going to change uh, Tower of Terror back. I agree. I mean, I think uh, that's, and I don't think see. they're going to keep those fireworks like that. I don't think they could afford to run those fireworks like frequently. I mean that was that was an yeah. amazing fireworks. Well, I think once this ends, you're going to start to see the Halloween fireworks start. So now you've got new special True. fireworks, and then after that, you have Christmas fireworks. So I think they're going to keep the the effect inside on Tower Terror, but I think they're going to turn off the lights outside. Okay. So and Main Street Electrical Parade that would come down to if that was something you always wanted to see. Yeah. Now that's definitely not going to be here. We found this out on our Adventures by Disney trip when we went backstage. Uh, Main Street Electrical Parade is going to go back to California, but it's not going to go back to the same theme park it was in because they did their last ever performance. Like, wasn't it in California Adventures? Yes, it was. So it's going to go back to the Magic Kingdom. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, no, you, you were, at that point, you had bailed. But we don't know. <laughs> it was too hot. But we don't know dates, right? No, I don't know dates for sure. I think 
the fireworks alone are worth it. Mm-hmm. I think they're incredible. Yeah, the fireworks that that was. I, I really do want to get into the Magic Kingdom and see those fireworks from from the ground. Yeah, but seeing them from the lake, seeing on that fireworks cruise, we watched them on the Poly Beach, and they pipe the music into the Poly Beach also, so you can hear every bit of the spoken dialogue, and that's also pretty spectacular. I imagine, yeah. We watched it on TV on Fourth of July. They did showed Summer Night Tastic. And then they did the Orlando fireworks. Cool. Oh, what, the news, the local news? They did. TV. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Cool. We're going to change our plans up, though. Instead of going early in the morning and then leaving, we're going to go probably in the afternoon or early evening and then just stay through the fireworks. Are you going to Epcot? We're going to do Epcot. Watch for Andy. We're going to, yeah. You <laughs> <He's> scorpion. <laughs> Holding the video in front of his face. Ah. Did you guys see that fireworks video he shot in his iPhone four? Oh the yeah, thing, but I, saw I did. I it kept um it kept uh I kept having to wait for it to reload. I had trouble getting to see it all the way through, but it's amazing video. I cannot get over he shot that video from an iPhone four. John shot all of the video of the all the nighttastic fireworks from the Poly oh, Beach with uh, his iPhone. I just have to figure out how to get it to Corey. I haven't had a chance to download it, but as soon as I do, he's going to put it up on the site. I mean, I've got the entire thing from this, from the Poly Beach. Okay, but is it Bumble Cam? Is it like... No, because <laughs> when we were sitting down, I, I braced my arms against my giant belly. <laughs> and so that made it easier to be more stable. Well, you know, Gorillapod makes uh, like a tripod to attach your iPhone to. I don't think they have one out for the, uh, the 4 yet, but they do for the, the 3GS. Kevin's watching my... Uh, wow. Isn't that incredible from my... And that's HD video. Oh my god! All right, yeah, we need to get that. That's incredible. And the reflection on the water, the way it's picking up—that right. mm-hmm. is impressive. We had um, we got chairs. There were chairs available, so we sat on the beach and watched it. We did have to dump an old lady out onto the sand. <laughs> it was soft. It was soft. <laughs> she didn't like it. Lord in heaven. All right. Well, thank you for that, Kathy. Our next voicemail comes to us from John in North Carolina, who has some tips for those traveling during the rainy season. So here is John. Hi, podcast team. This is John, living in Perry, North Carolina. I'm just calling in with a little tip for those traveling down during the rainy season in sunny and rainy, uh, you know, uh, central Florida. Uh, I got caught in a downpour the other night, and it killed my phone. This is a smartphone where my life lives. I'm sure you understand this, Pete, having cracked the surface on your iPhone and being a replacement. Apparently, this is a very common occurrence here, because while I was at the store getting a replacement, two more people had called in with wet, dead phones. My tip for you, carry a baggie with you. If it starts to rain, put your phone in the baggie. That's it from here. Reporting to you live from the Pawnee. Bye. Oh, thank you very much for that, uh, John. I, uh, you know, I never thought of that, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. I always carry a, a baggie, a Ziploc bag when I go to the parks. Well, you know, this is another reason not to leave the house. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't when it rain, rains in it doesn't Florida, rain in my house. When it rains, it's biblical. Yeah, it is. 
and you can also, a lot of people have had success with putting their phone or iPod or whatever in rice for a couple days, and then the phone comes back. Yeah, but the rice pull, falls out of your pocket when you're walking <laughs> along. starts expanding. I hadn't, yeah, I had never heard of that, but I guess that kind of Another makes sense. Another tip from the Diz. Well, that's like when you go to the beach in places, you'll see if in the salt shakers, they put a couple of grains of rice in the right. salt it shaker. Absorbs the, it right. absorbs the moisture. Sure. They tell you to do that with, but you have to leave it in there for a couple of days. It's not like you dip it in the rice and the rice should be uncooked. Preferably, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're in the, Smartphone sushi. Your pork fried rice, does that work? <laughs> if you're in the park and it starts to rain, I've gone in the store and just asked for a bag and put my phone or my camera in the bag too. You I shouldn't so. swim with your phone either. Right. Really. That doesn't apply just to your phone. I mean, it's like anything. Camera, that's, anything. Know, that's people are always walking out those earpieces in. You take that mm-hmm. out. And Soggy maps. Because we do get the deluge. Yes, we do. So thank you very much for that, John. Uh, we have another uh, voicemail from Michaela in Indianapolis, who uh, is 10 years old. And someone's ringing. Um <laughs> Who is ten years old and uh, did a did a review of Finding Nemo, the musical, over at the Animal Kingdom? So here is Michaela. Hello, everyone. My name is Michaela. I'm ten years old. I'm in Indianapolis, and I'm reviewing Finding Nemo. I heard that you wanted someone to review Finding Nemo, so I'm gonna do one. We went to Disney World in December, so the crowds were very light. When we went to go see Finding Nemo, we came 15 minutes early, and it was already full, so we had to come again to the next show. That time, we came an hour early, and we were able to get in. We had to wait in a long line, and the only thing that was exciting was a gecko climbing up the wall. When we got in, we had to wait a little longer for the show, and the only thing that we had to watch was as Nemo popping up in bubbles on the wall. This was so long and boring that it was worth it because the show was really fun. The show was a lot like the movie except it had songs in the movie that made it a lot more fun. The music was really cool and the costumes were cool too. I thought it was really cool that I could see the people singing behind the puppets. I think it might have been really hard to control the puppets and sing and dance back there, too. But they made it look so easy and fun. I think Dory's costume looked a lot like Coral. And some of the costumes were really huge, like the turtles. In fact, everything was so huge, it was incredible. I felt like I was really in a fish tank. My favorite character was Nemo. It looked like there was a kid playing him, and he sang really well. I wish I could sing like that. Overall, I think Finding Nemo was really awesome, and if you ever go to Animal Kingdom, you should really go see it. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, Michaela. We really appreciate you calling in with that, and since you did a review for us, you get to pick a number. So, good for you. She was very cute. She was. Very, she very was. cute. Um, actually, Corey had to uh, depart while we were playing Michaela's uh, voicemail. voicemail. Um, apparently, his dog Bailey got bit on the nose by a snake. So, they're running the dog to the vet. So, let's just all hope that Bailey's okay. 
That's uh, that's Corey's other baby. <laughs> His four-legged baby. His four-legged baby, yep. So, all right, who has an email they'd like to read? I have one. Mine's from Ashley Clark, and she's sweet PMD on the boards. Hi, podcast team. I'm working on making a playlist of Disney music for our upcoming vacation. If you could make a playlist of your favorite Disney movie songs of all time, what songs would be on it? Thanks so much for all that you do. Are you looking at me? You I'm looking to... around the table. So who I have to... three. I read this email, too, and I came up with three immediately. Go ahead. Uh, Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty. I would choose Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins. I agree, a thousand percent. And I would choose Seize the Day from Newsies. Okay, weird, but all right. Hmm. What, are we, what are we looking for here? <laughs> you're, um, you're, for an upcoming playlist she's putting together, your favorite Disney movie songs of all time. Favorite Disney movie song. Kevin well, did three, uh, so well, we should all do three. Hands down, huge Elton John fan. So uh, Circle of Life and Can You Feel the Love Tonight from Lion King are definitely uh, my top two. I would Pink have jam is penguins on the bottom. I would. <laughs> I would. Uh, for a third one, I would probably have to go with. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Technically. Um, the Broadway version Home Again which was supposed to be or Human Again which was supposed to be in the movie but was cut so they put it in the play that would be my favorite if that had been in the had it uh, been in the movie had it been in the movie but uh, I'll go with those three Kathy so now it's my turn Um, that's a hard one because I don't know that I like the, I'm sure if you name songs like oh yeah yeah okay, um, but the song from Enchanted, the the one where she's the walking, working song or the well the working song and the one where she's like walking through the park and everybody's like joining in and oh yeah that the live one. action one yeah and um, you've got a friend in me any of the Toy Story ones is probably my favorite yeah I'm not a Randy Newman fan yeah now see I am. You got a friend, I'm a friend, be a friend. All right, you're my friend. We need friends. I would have picked Feed the Birds. Uh, also, um, not the surfing song from Lilo and Switch. Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. Yeah, not that Lilo one. and Switch. Lilo and Switch. <laughs> it's the sequel where he's a gang member. <laughs> um, but the one at the end... Was it Ashley Judd is singing an Elvis song? It's Winona Judd. Winona Judd. <laughs> Ashley Judd is the woman being chased through town, and Morgan Freeman saves her. In every Lifetime movie ever played. <laughs> and I don't know about a third one. I'm trying to think. You guys all mentioned really good ones. I mean, I think there's... I would also pick classics. The Age of Non-Believing from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Wow. That's I also obscure. like there's a, a whole series of songs at Soren that's from movies. They're not Disney songs, but there's just um, oh, I'm trying to think what's there's a space there's a space movie 2001 Star Wars Star Trek that's it, it could have been um, 2001 close. but there there's a whole like series of songs and like when I need to relax I put that whole but it's what plays in the queue at, at um, Soren actually out in California 
If we're picking park music, I would pick the music from Impressions de France. What is it, like background music? It's the movie, music that plays during oh, the movie. Oh, during the movie. I don't know if I could ever think of what it sounds like. I'm going to have to go it's see French. the movie now. It's French. That's no, for theme park music, my hands down Soren, the, the, the soundtrack from Soren. I also like the, the song from Spectro Magic. Yeah, yeah, that works. Or Illuminations. Illuminations, yeah, yeah, that's good. We could sit here and do this for... Yeah. Winnie the Pooh. No. What? No. Why not? The Lumps and Woozles? No. The Rain Winnie Song. The Pooh. No. no. Not that one either? Because that one sticks in your head like all day. Because the rain, rain, rain comes down, down, down? Yep. You're not allowed to have an iPod. <laughs> take, his, take, take all his accoutrement away. His iPod privileges are revoked. I think you can make a giant playlist of Disney music if you really wanted to. I mean, mm-hmm. of every musical movie, yeah. there's at least one song. I can't think of the names, but the ones from, I thought the ones from uh, Princess and the Frog were great, too. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the names. I of don't them. remember the names of them either. All right. Well, that wasn't as interesting as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you seem to be having that problem a lot. I am. <laughs> I have summer ennui. I think. Nighttastic ennui. All right. Who else has an email? I have another one. Uh, this is from Kathy Warner in Louisville, Kentucky. And Kathy says, hey, team, I have a question about Adventures by Disney. I know some of you have been on the ABD tours. Do you think a single person would enjoy the tours? I know it's expensive for the single person, but I was wondering how it would work if I traveled alone. Thank you for all you do. Kathy, I think if you're looking to travel and traveling alone is your choice or necessity, I don't think you're going to find a better way to do it than ABD. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Because you travel every place as a group, it becomes a team family atmosphere pretty quickly. Yeah, it really does. Uh, There's times when you'll have time on your own. And on the two I've been on, any time there was time alone, everybody was standing around wondering what everybody else was going to do. And groups splintered off, but there was always an invitation to join whatever group was going in whatever direction. Right. So you usually have a choice of what you're looking to do. Uh, these are guided tours, so there are guides with you at all times uh, to answer questions and offer assistance. So it's never like you're really alone. And I, I, I can't think of a better way to travel as a single person than with ABD. You would have a group, built-in group of friends. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that's the advice I would give. Is that the same Kathy who went alone on our trip? Because that seems like a weird question to come from her. No. Okay. Put quite simply, no, 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 definitively. All right. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. Next voicemail we have comes to us from Casey, who has questions about annual passes. So here is Casey. Hi, my name is Casey Murphy, and I live in Greenville, Texas. First of all, my husband and I love your show. We listen to every show, and we are always excited to see what new information is out there. We're coming to Disney World the first week of August, and we are so excited. But here are a few questions that we have. We are planning to purchase annual passes when we arrive at Disney World. We will be using annual pass discount on our room, and we will also be using Magical Express from MCO Airport. We have used Dreams Unlimited Travel for everything, and Stacy has been great. 
My first question is, will the resort let us check in if we have our inactivated annual pass vouchers? We were told we need to have our passes to check in, but we have the annual pass discount on the room. Question number two is, if they won't let us check in, will they hold our luggage until we come back with our activated passes? There is a lot of information out there for current annual pass holders and renewals, but not much for people like us that are going to be purchasing passes for the first time. We would also like to know where we can purchase passes and where to get them activated. Thanks for all your help. Okay, Casey, uh, my, um, my understanding from this is that you've already purchased a voucher and want to know if that voucher is good enough to check in on the AP discount. Yes, it is. As long as you have a purchased voucher in your hand, just because it's not activated really doesn't matter. It just What they're looking for is, are you, in fact, an annual pass holder? Well, sometimes, though, they actually make you go get it activated and bring it back because if you just go in with the voucher... You could just save that for the next time because you haven't activated it yet. That's true. That's true. So I've, I've, I've always heard that people have been able to. It depends on the cast member. Yeah. You could make the reservation with a voucher number as opposed right. to an activated annual pass. So that's how you can get the discount ahead of time. But um, can you get an annual pass at the resort, no. Kathy? No. no. No, you've got to go to guest services at one of the mm-hmm. theme parks. Or downtown or Disney. Downtown I was just going to say, I usually find downtown Disney's guest services the most accessible if you're looking to just do something at guest mm-hmm. services. Well, I got to I got to tell you not to take anything away from guest services anywhere else on property, but um just by happenstance, I've had to deal uh, in the last few months I've had to deal with guest services at Hollywood Studios twice. Oh my god, these guys are amazing. Really and truly. They were just the nicest the, I, really, I, I can't say enough good things about guest services at Hollywood Studios. Yeah. I think Kevin means more just for access of how easy it is yeah. to get to and yeah. get out if of If you're just looking to deal with guest services and not go to a theme park, Downtown Disney is the most accessible. That, okay, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I was just, yeah, from, just from, I... I mean, we went to Animal Kingdom guest services a couple of weeks ago, and they were great, too. Yeah, I've so. never had a bad, really a bad experience in guest services. I never have either. Or even the ep- the one at Epcot that's outside the... The turnstiles? Yep. That's always... They That's good to, for Magic Kingdom, too, if you yeah. don't want to actually physically go in the park. I was just going to say, the hardest guest services to get to if you're just going to guest services is the one at the Magic Kingdom, because you have to do planes, trains, and automobiles mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah, I guess it depends on where she's staying. And yeah. She can get on the monorail. I think she also asked about, will they hold your luggage? Yes, they'll hold your sure. luggage. Yep. As long as you have a, a, an active reservation. Right. You're still a resort guest, even though you haven't... And usually they'll let you, like, even go out into the park for the day and they'll just say, bring it back, you know, like the next right. day. So it's not like you have to go get it before they'll process you. So you're good to go. Yep. So enjoy that, Casey. Thank you for calling in. And a related story. We talked to someone today who's a Florida resident and for the first time, uh, she's going to buy an annual pass mm. because of the payment plan. Payment plan. Yep. Like I said, good, good first step Yep. with the payment plan. Now you gotta give it to everybody. Give it to everybody. But this opens it up now to her. She never could afford putting out that much money at once. Now a little bit at a time seems a little more reasonable. You so. know, and you, you, someone else that's going to help out tremendously is Teresa, because I know Teresa works for us. So anybody who works for us automatically, we we pay for their annual passes uh, to the parks. But in terms of Calvin and the kids, now she's got to buy a Stella. She can get a kids uh, a child pass, but for Max, for Grace, and for Calvin. She has to get 
uh, oh, yeah. you know, adult passes, you're talking about almost $2,000, depending on which pass you get uh, to do that. So as opposed to putting that out in one clip, she can now do it on a payment plan, yeah. which makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. So Agreed. You know, it's it, it really does it really it does make a difference. It does make a difference. And I think it's about time. That's my only my only thing is that, you know, why did it have to wait why did it have to wait until uh until the economy went south? Why haven't you been doing this for years? It's not like it's a new concept. And that's just that. That's where that Disney arrogance comes in. We don't have to do this because we're Disney. Well, you know what? Start thinking about your guests. You know, think about them a little bit more. But I'm not going off on that. They, <laughs> they, they moved in the right direction. I think if they see this work, I'm really hoping that they open it up to everyone because they're going to see a lot more annual pass holders, and they're going to give a lot more people reasons to come into the parks. So and spend more money once they get in the park. And I would think, you know, since they're trying to get away from discounts, this would be a great way to get people to start coming. If they can get an annual pass, they're going to make more trips. That is true. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, who else has an email they'd like to read? Oh, let people know Corey's back. Oh yeah, Corey. Corey has miraculously <laughs> returned. Doc Tari has returned. <laughs> he went. He killed the snake. He freed the people, and now he's come back. Yeah, really. It was not poisonous. So, how big was it? About three and a half feet. Oh my god! In our back patio. That's an anaconda. Uh, all I'm going to say is thank God for straight men. You know, <laughs> because I would have been. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't deal with bugs. Uh, nature, any form of nature. The hardest thing was... Is my enemy. ...was trying to keep them still so I can take a photo. Julie's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Don't get so close. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to get a photo of it so I could see if it was poisonous or not, but it was just a little garter snake. Little? Yeah. Three and a half feet, it's a little garter snake. Okay. So, it, yeah, bit Bailey's nose, so he's wiped him down and he's good. All right. Well, you have one, Corey? I do. Uh, this comes from Laura... This may seem random, but since I think many of you understand the inner workings of the Diz, I was hoping you could explain something for me. I was recently friended on the Diz, which has me confused, because I didn't know you friended people, like on Facebook, while on the Diz. I've been around the boards for a while, and this is the first time I've ever come across this. So I guess what I'm asking, what happens if I friend someone, and why would I friend someone in that way on the boards? I'm just not following the perks of friending someone. Like, what can you do or see what happens when you do this? I'm thinking of security with all the security changes to Facebook, and should I be worried about security with this? Hopefully you can explain this for me. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, the, um, you can actually, you know, when people friend you, you have two options. They can become your friend and your, in your contacts, or they, they can become in your contacts and or your friend. And what you can do in your user CP panel, you can have like maybe your um, profile only show up to your friends or only your contacts. You can maybe accept PMs just from your friends and your contacts. So if you don't want everyone to see your profile, you know, say you want to deck out your profile and add information on there that you don't want everyone to see, you can just have uh, your friends view it. Because there's not an option in there to, you know, don't show my profile to no one. So you can just have people you like. 
or that like you. And there's nothing, there's no personal information that shows up in the normal profile of the Diz anyway. Well, it's a matter of what you can put, you know, you can put whatever in there. Right. As long as it's within our guidelines. But, you know, some people like to but put... But it's not like we force people to put their name, address, or anything exactly. in there. Like Facebook forces you to register. Right. We don't force you to put all that stuff in there. Exactly. So, I mean, if you do want to, you know, spice up your profile a bit with some more personal information, then you can just have your friends and your contacts view it. That's really about it. Yeah. You know, unless you want to build a friend list on the Diz. Yeah. I don't use it. And why do we have it? Just because that's what came with the software? Yeah, it's, it's just a, an added thing with VB. People. Cool. All right. Thank you, Corey. Who else has an email? I have one. This is from Tommy D. from Florence, South Carolina. I enjoyed your Christmas in July show. Just wondered if any of you know if the lights of winter will be returning to Epcot this holiday season. I understand Disney has numerous complaints about it since it was discontinued last year. Looking forward to hearing any news you have on this at the next podcast show. I really highly 99% doubt you're going to see it the way it was. Do you want to explain what it is? To be the lights there? of winter were the... Um, like the archway that went from Future World into World Showcase that lit up and it went to the music. Um, the pieces of that are laying in a field, like over in Epcot, so it's not going to come back that way. So if they bring it back, it would have to be something well, totally new. I'll, I'll tell you, that, that was one of the things, that was one of many things last year that really bothered me. Uh, because all it was about, I don't care what their lame excuse was. Safety. Uh, this was all about we're just going to do less because, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was Disney doing what the airlines did when the price of fuel went sky high and they started imposing all these fees. Um, Disney was kind of doing, in my opinion, doing the same thing where they were continuing to raise ticket prices as normal, but they were pulling back. Mm-hmm. We noticed it in the Food and Wine Festival last year that the Food and Wine Festival was in terms of the extras, was really pared back. We noticed it at Christmas with a number of events like the the lights being pared back. And I'm really hoping that the complaints, because there was quite a few of them, from last year have not fallen on deaf ears and they'll knock it off and they'll do what... You know, look, you, you, you were the ones who set the bar, okay? You were the ones who put this stuff out there. So... You had to. They had to expect that they were going to disappoint people. So let's see if they if they're going to listen or if they're going to do what the airlines have done, basically with the bag fees. And once the price of fuel came back to normal, those bag fees miraculously haven't gone away. Yeah, that whole, In fact, they've gotten worse. That, I'm sorry, Kathy. Go, go ahead. That whole section, you know, in years past with the tree lighting ceremony and then the lights, more people lingered in that area to enjoy. You know the feeling of the holidays, and last year it was like a ghost town. It was. was, you know, that was just your pass through to wherever you needed to go. Didn't was they sad. put out uh, a statement last year about the fact that this was obsolete technology yes. or right. something? The along reason that was it was obsolete technology, and, and nothing has come along to replace it. And they couldn't fix it, so maybe right. I'm going to be the Pollyanna here. Maybe this year they found something new, and they're going to be able to put it back. You know what? In with different technology again. I'm cooler. I'm not buying it. I can put lights on the front of my house. If they, 
Right. We're, we're talking about the company that put lights all over the castle that mm-hmm. light up a certain way and make the castle look like it's encased in ice. So if you can do that, you can't tell me – if you can do Osborne family lights – you can't tell me you can't make lights between Future World and World Showcase dance to music. Okay? I mean, I'm just not buying it. So this was part of that charge more, do less mentality that I've talked about. I want to see if that's still in place, if they think this is, what, if this is now going to be the norm going forward, that they're going to pare back on this stuff, continue to raise the prices. We're hearing that there will be yet another price increase, as is customary in August. And I want to see. I want to see if uh, uh, what, what they're going to do with this. I was surprised at. I thought this was just something we loved. I was surprised at the outpouring of mm-hmm. outrage that these were gone. I was surprised to find out how many other people considered this part of their holiday celebration. Yeah, I, I did like the gospel group. Did you see that last year that they they performed in that little um, like area in Future World? Oh, I thought you were talking about that one over at Hollywood Studios. No, they had up, they had put a stage up in front of like the fountain, and they had a gospel group that performed several times a day. I thought they were good, and they added to the holiday spirit. But they were like looking where the lights of winter should have been, and it's like you're still missing something. They here. still put up those little Q-tip lights at the end of in those little planters, so that's still there. They look like dandelions to me. Okay, <laughs> dandelions, Q-tips. Yeah, I hope they come back for sure. I mean, you knew when they took them down. If you know they they knew when they took them down last time, if the technology was outdated, you have a year. Well, I guess it's kind of like you know when you take your Christmas decorations out and you see the Christmas decorations that you haven't seen in the year, and you think, "Oh, I remember this," and you know, it just was kind of part of the the tradition. But knowing Disney, if something was outdated, I'm sure they could go to just about anybody and get state-of-the-art or get some way to they, make it they work. Have, they have Imagineering. Yeah. They have Imagineering. They don't have to go anywhere. They make their they own stuff. They have to pick up the phone right. and make a call and say, Imagineers, build me something. And they have the most brilliant men in the world working for them. And women. And women. Working for them, they can do this. This is we're talking about lights that move to music. They have an old, and a whole a whole area on property and a whole staff dedicated to nothing but Christmas. It's, mm-hmm. it's so yeah. That's why I'm not buying. Oh, the technology was outdated and we're flummoxed. You know, I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just not. I'm not buying it. What should we do now? I'm you not know? buying it. That's they should an come to our house. Load of crap. Our it's lights a, get tangled up every year, and I throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's too hard. I'm you know, away. you know. It, it, this is why. Look, if it was, if it was universal, okay, I would buy flummoxed. Okay, they're they're flummoxed when they open an envelope. So, but this this is Disney, and I'm sorry, but they've they've. They, I think I think the jury's back in on whether or not Disney can do lights. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm, I'm really interested. I didn't ever expected that to go into a rant, but um. <laughs> I think what really makes it even funnier than that is that this is not—I don't know—this isn't the you know a, a Victrola that they have to repair. These were cardboard cutouts with regular light bulbs screwed into them. If you got close enough, you could see. Well, I don't what think this, they were cardboard, but <laughs> they were wooden cutouts that were. It wasn't like they were some incredible thing that you right, can't and, get and that's it. Anymore, just you know? and this is what angers me with these these. Intelligence insulting comments or releases the that, they that they make. 
you know, due, due to guest demand, get, you know, that's their favorite one. It's due, I'm surprised that wasn't the mm-hmm. due to guest demand. We've removed the lights because the guests have demanded we remove them. Um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's crazy. So I'm interested to see. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm really hoping food and wine for this year. We'll, we'll I think that's going to be our our bellwether in, in terms of Epcot for the holidays. What mm-hmm. they do with food and wine. If food and wine is still, you know, the pared back, you know, uh, Eastern European version that they had. <laughs> Cheese weighs on a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> Last, uh, Eastern European version? What does that mean? You know, the, just you know, the I mean, Soviet bloc country. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to be that version. The Sarajevo Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just gave you, like, sauerkraut? <laughs> If it's going to be that very, version of food and wine, oh, I see which. Oh, I, that, that version, the sparse yeah. Spartan type. If it's going to be that version of food and wine, or if it's going to be Cold War, <laughs> Cold, Cold War. War, Cold War food and wine, nineteen fifties. Um, because that's what it was like. You walked around. I, mean, I remember walking around Food and Wine last year. I didn't understand what you meant for the longest time. I thought they had Russian boots set up. I, thought, I didn't see yeah. those. No, you know, just how, you know, the, the, the typical 1984. vision of 1984 Sarajevo type. You know, everything's just kind of kind of sterile. The rhythm nation. <laughs> um, okay, I'll stop. So I think we'll see what they do with Food and Wine, and that'll tell us. Whether or not they're they're bringing it, they're bringing coming back to, you know, putting on a show or trying to get away with the least amount possible and charging the most money for it. So, and I think I think this can break either way. I think this can break either way. So, I'm anxious to see what's coming up for food and wine because I really do think that will be the bellwether, at least as far as Epcot is concerned. I agree because the individual parks make those decisions themselves as to what they're going to do in terms of they have a certain budget to work within. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. So, all right. Thank you for that uh, exciting conversation. Who knew where that was going to go? <laughs> Christmas <laughs> in July. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who else has an email? I have one more. And it's addressed to me. And it says, um, greetings, podcast team, but this question's for Kevin. I know that one time you were into pin trading. What's your favorite pin? Are there any pins that you really wanted but weren't able to find? And this is from Brent Shipkowski. Our Trek Boy 85. Uh, when I was pin trading, I have a love of the old cast member pins. I don't know how to describe it, but I've seen it a lot recently. Disney World used to have a logo, which is I usually call it the square D. It was the big block letter D, and in the center there was the globe, Mickey insignia. It was the globe with the mouse ears. That was what Disney World always had as their logo, and I love that old logo. And they did away with it with the swoopy cursive D that they use now. The Walt Signature D. Right. I worked really hard to get all of the old gold D pins that the cast members used to wear. There was a host, a hostess, a tour guide pin, and there was an ambassador pin. And the, the ambassador pin is the Disney ambassadors wore them on their uniforms. And I wanted one of those in the worst way. And I carried what at the time was probably the most desirable pin around. And it was the Haunted Mansion Dangle pin from a Disney Classics collection. At the time, it was not unusual for this pin to sell for four, five, six hundred dollars 
it was really hard to find. And I carried one around for the longest time. And it was the only pin anybody ever wanted to trade for. And the only thing I was willing to trade it for was one of these ambassador pins. And I was standing in Epcot one day and somebody walked up and said, I understand you're looking for one of these and pulled an ambassador pin out of his pocket. And he got my Haunted Mansion pin. Now, that took me years to get that. That is now part of a framed set on my wall. I bought a cast member vest, a guest services vest off eBay from the Magic Kingdom. It has the little Magic Kingdom buttons down the front. And I have all my old cast member pins on that. And I had it framed. Nice. Now that I have this framed and hanging, it's come to my attention that there's another gold square D pin that I wasn't even aware of, which is even harder to get. And it's called the director pin. And I I spent about 20 minutes one day looking to see if I could buy it, trade for it, whatever, steal it. And I don't don't see where there are any available. It's something I've only seen in a photograph. And it would be one of those things that might be the only thing I can think of that would get me to unframe the set that I already have and redo it. Hmm. So that's my answer. Okay. Where was this director pin from? It was a Walt Disney World pin. It was the. It's an old pin because they stopped using this logo, I believe, at the early at late eighties. Who 80s. would wear them? Uh, the director of <laughs> stuff of the world. <laughs> <laughs> the director of things, <laughs> things and stuff. I don't. I, I've seen a picture of it. I, it might even be a fake I'm thing. Just gonna say, you know, sometimes these are fake. People Photoshop stuff together, and you think I have to have that. You turn out it's not ever been produced. Boy, that's a whole conspiracy theory you got going on there. I do. Well, that's actually true. Them lights of winter went Uh, (laughs) photoshopped away. Photoshopped out of of existence. This was not an uncommon thing. People made bogus pins, but there was someone on the internet selling fake host and hostess pins. Um, I also have a whole set of the Disneyland pins, which are even harder to come by. I have the host, hostess, and tour guide from them also. They don't hold as special a place in my heart because... I've always been a Disney World a Disney kind of World gal person, yeah. right? <laughs> and but I do have them. So, but I stopped. I didn't go for uh, ambassador from Disney World. I also have the guest services pin from Disneyland Paris. Pin trading seems to have changed quite a bit. There doesn't seem to be that level of pin trading going on anymore. I think it's a more specialized thing. For a while, every place you went had a pin trading table, and pin trading started out as a very fun activity, but it was early. I'm even going to say it was early in the years of the internet and the before the advent of eBay. And what used to be, oh, this is really hard to get. Have I got two pins you want for a really hard to get pin? And it became this bartering system. Right. It changed and it became what you could get for it on eBay, and that became the new benchmark. And it very quickly turned into everything you have is crap, everything I have is great, and I don't want to trade with you. There was a lot, there was a a large number of people who were doing this even as a living. People who we knew who were out trading just to sell pins on eBay, and that was their job for the longest time. People survived on it. The other thing was it became, um, I think it's one of the reasons why pin trading died at Downtown Disney. Uh, I know that several people were thrown out of um, Disney, just thrown off Disney property and asked not to come back. They were selling pins at Downtown Disney Pin Trader. And Disney doesn't like it when you sell your stuff on their property. I don't blame them. Well, exactly. But the other thing they were doing was if you found a pin in their trader book, they would tell you 
to go in and buy mm-hmm. six or eight pins, but they wanted the receipt. Pay cash for the pins and get me the receipt. And then what would happen is then they would take the pins back and they would take them back and get a cash refund. Unbelievable. So it, it just became it Can became very first? mercenary and very commercial, so and and it became something that would that, be, that would be, then be untenable for Disney to continue really allowing. It could just continue to start now. There is still eBay. If you're looking for a pin, wait wait a while. It'll show up on eBay, and some of them sell for vast amounts of money. I just was looking through them the other day, and pins are selling. Individual pins are selling for four and five hundred dollars a piece. The, the new thing, the new money maker, um, as far as collectibles go on eBay, Vinylmation. Vinylmation has now mm-hmm. become the new pin. People are buying those like right when they come out, the little special edition ones, putting them on eBay. And I know somebody here in Orlando that's making money, really, from doing that because they're local. They'd go over to downtown Disney and buy them up and put them on eBay. Now, with pins, they Disney had changed their policy where you could only buy two of a certain pin at a time if it was limited edition. Do you know if they're doing that with Vinylmations? I'm not sure. No, but it will happen. Eventually, yeah. they'll put a control on that. But, but, I can see, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to buy one of the Vinylmations because you know what I'm like. If I buy one... I will then have to have everyone ever made. Becomes obsessive. But yeah, it just we, it becomes this thing. I'll need another room in the house. We were at the uh, Disney outlet last week, and um, one of the sets were on sale. They've got now multiple sets, but one of the sets where you get two of each kind was on sale for like $224 mm-hmm. or something like that. So you, there's, um, head to the outlets if you're interested in violation. You get two of each design in that particular grouping, and then there are two mystery Vinylmations. So it's they, kind of like one to keep, one to trade. Right. right. And the, the whole thing with Vinylmation is, too, is when you're collecting, you buy the whole box. I think it's 12 or 24. And they knew that the, the secret one or the mystery one was in the upper left-hand corner of the box. So they were telling, like, the cast members then when they opened it to mix it around because people were going right to Cherry picking. Person. Yeah. To that one. Oh, because so, when you buy the Vinylmations, you don't see what they are. Right. And when they put the display out, they were always putting the mystery one in the same spot. Yeah, that's when the you way open they the came box, in the box. That's the way they were packaged. Uh, I've purchased two. I purchased one one day just on a whim to see what I would get, and I got a clear orange one. They they had a clear series that they... It is unplugged one, huh? <laughs> um, but there's also one, I told you just a minute ago, that I collect that old Square D logo, and in... Park set three, I believe it was, or urban set three. Park set three. There was a white one, and he had those square Disney logo on his belly. So I purchased one while we were in Disneyland and didn't get that one. And I keep thinking someday I'm going to take it up to downtown or up to the west side, I believe. Mm -hmm. They have that store there. I was in um, the world of Disney just the other day, and I said to the lady... They have a couple now where you can see what you're purchasing. I said, is it possible yet to just purchase individual ones? And she said, no, but I have traders. Mm -hmm. So if there's one that you're interested in, tell me what it is. And I'll see if she was a cast member and she had a little stash of them. If there's one you're interested in, tell me what it is. I'll see if I have it in my collection. Mm -hmm. And if I have it, you just purchase any one. And, and I'll, I'll trade, trade you. Hmm. She didn't have the one I wanted. Oh. So, but that's nice, though. I yeah. thought it was very nice. Yeah, we did the one for the cruise line, and I think we have Figment. My daughter bought them. But, I mean, some of them, are, I think, are downright ugly. Some of They're them, a little I creepy. Think are, yeah. Well, yeah. it's one of those things that if I think there's a certain 
there's a, a switch in your mind someplace that if you have that collector gene, there's some people that if you have one, you have to have them all. That's why yeah, I right? won't buy one. That's exactly yeah. why I will not buy one. Because every now and again, I catch myself looking at them. It's like, I want the first series. <laughs> and saying, well, no, what will happen is then, okay, then I'm going to go on to eBay and I'll be, you know, before this is over, you know, I'll be out five grand. Right. Buying little plastic vinyl, <laughs> right. you know, Chucky dolls. And then know? what do you do with them once you have them all? Exactly. Well, oh, that's one. Well, then there's the other thing. Put them there's, in but the fact positions. that I already have, even though... I have filled two dumpsters with garbage from this house. I still have closets that are full. Um, we know if you want. You know, so it's the like, only thing difference between your house and our house is size. Yeah, I've got. But you see, you got to remember that my my garage is my office, so I don't have that storage space. So. We don't have a garage either. No, that's true. That's so true. we have. The only thing difference is the size. We it's the lobster that grows to the size of its tank. Yeah, exactly. You accumulate enough crap until the house is full. Exactly. But at least we we're smart enough. We're not like to get that hoarder gene. At least we know to throw stuff out every once That's in a right. while. Fill a garbage bag and throw it out. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. Our final voicemail comes to us from Carl, who has purchased into the new Olani Resort out mm. in the new DBC Resort coming to. Hawaii. So here is Carl. Whoops, no, wrong one. Hi, Pete and the gang. This is Carl Malachek. I'm Carl Mal on the boards. And my family and I are totally stoked because on July 1st, we purchased our new DVC interest at Olani uh, in the new Hawaiian property. I was wondering if you guys who tend to know a lot about DVC could take a couple of minutes to discuss the issues related to uh, the new Hawaiian property uh, that Disney is having. Specifically, uh, there's an issue that's come up on the boards that 35% of these DVC units will be allocated to fixed time of year, which raises an issue for people on points who like flexibility if there will be a potential for not grabbing uh, the preferred slots around Christmas and New Year and whatever. Uh, I personally am not concerned about it. I'm more concerned about uh, the flight from the East Coast all the way out to Hawaii, which is not going to be two hours from Jersey to uh, Orlando. Uh, It's going to be a much more significant flight. But I just was hoping you guys could talk about it. I'm very stoked. I'm excited to be able to pass a 50-year interest in a Hawaiian vacation home to my six-year-old son. And uh, interested what you guys think and what you've seen on the boards. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh, thanks for all you do. Well, thank you, Carl. Um, been hearing a lot of different things. About uh, about Olani, um, I know that Nancy Johnson, or uh, one of our California Disneyland correspondents, was is is working on a piece right now. She was at a presentation given by Imagineer Joe Rohde hmm. uh, about Olani, and she does have a lot of information on it that we are going to be putting on the site. Uh, some of the things, uh, as you pointed out, that uh, some of these units, uh, some of these units are going to be fixed week in the traditional timeshare model where you purchase a week. Uh, From what I have been told, what I'm hearing, and again, none of this is official, uh, those who are quote-unquote 
first adopters, the first ones in, are going to get a preferential uh, selection of, uh, you know, getting getting units for over the holidays. I don't know if they're selling weeks over the holidays per se. Um, I do know that the financing on this is nearly eleven percent going through Disney. What? It's ten point seven five percent is the financing rate on these. Which, like, put and, it on a credit card for God's sakes, and and, yeah. <laughs> and given what the prime interest rate is now, that's ridiculous. That's like usury. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> real close. That's incredible. Um, there are get a um, personal loan, folks. Yeah, exactly. Don't go. Th- I wouldn't go through Disney financing for it. Um, so there are some, you know, as 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 we get closer. I think 2011 is when Alani opens. Um, as we get closer to that, we're we're seeing a lot more uh, interest in. A d- demand for information. So, like I said, Nancy is putting something together. We will have something on the site soon. I don't know exactly when, but uh, Nancy uh, Nancy has a great memory, and she takes copious notes when she goes to these mm-hmm. uh, these events. And she was full of information last night in chat about uh, about Olani. Did you see how in depth her uh, blog was for the opening of the Disney store? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I meant to mention that on the show. If you have, if you guys have not read Nancy's blog on the relaunch of the Disney store. You need to go and check it out. It was phenomenal. She did an amazing yeah, job was- on that blog. It was really, really good. And uh, very, like you said, very in-depth. So Nancy, Nancy's really good on the details. And she's also good at finding out information. So I know that she's trying to get Ian to... I think she's trying to get Ian to buy into mm. Olani, but he's... He's reluctant, which, you know, because I'm married to Scrooge McTightpants, uh, I, I can't, uh, you know, I, I've been wanting to buy into Bay Lake. No, I haven't we, been, we live here. We live here. We buy into I haven't been really following the Hawaiian Resort just because I probably won't buy into it. This fixed week thing, is this going to be fixed week through, through Disney or is this going to be through another time? No, this is company? through Disney. They're like, I think, as he said, about 35% of the units of the DVC interest, because it's not all DVC, apparently, um, from what I'm understanding. This is weird. <clears throat> but 35% of the DVC units are um, allocated for fixed week. Like a traditional timeshare. Exactly. So I'm going to take, you know, the, the second week in August. Or I wonder if it has something to do with the way uh, the timeshare laws in, in Hawaii are set up. I don't know. There's also, there are weird... Real estate laws in Hawaii. Remember, we were watching a show that you don't actually. There are places where you can own the land you live on. Yeah, it was but like, there are yeah. looking for like uh, not property virgins, but along those lines where people were looking for. A I house. think it was house hunters. House, house hunters. hunters yeah. And there's a weird law that you can also buy housing where you lease your your house is leased. I grew up in a town, Ocean Grove, New Jersey. The land is owned by the Methodist Church. You own the house, but the church hmm. owns the property. And you sign a 99-year lease with the uh, with with the church uh, in order to in order to live there, in order to buy a house. Um, so that was yeah. I'm um, there are places like that in the U.S. I don't think it was that long though. I want to say was, it was like 35 right, years. It was, it was remarkably short because I thought, well, that doesn't seem. It seems like you would just get settled into a house and get it paid off by the time you'd have to... I don't remember. I apologize. I don't remember the details, but that might be something that might have something to do with why it has to be done this way. There Could might be. be. I don't know. I'm not that familiar with it. 
it we know what be. it's going for a point? We... I believe that our opening points were 120, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think I remember in, in, in chat last night somebody saying uh, 114. You could get them for 114 or something. I don't remember exactly, but... Um, we are – there is information – the whole moral of the story is there in, is some more information forthcoming on Orlani. And maybe uh, maybe it would behoove us to try and reach out to somebody at DVC and see if they'd be interested in talking to us and explaining to us exactly what it is uh, they're, they're doing um, with Orlani. Because there is – we're starting to hear a lot more – I'm starting to hear a lot more questions about it. So why would you be interested in Orlani over – um, Bay Lake Towers or something else. Well, I'm I'm really not. I'm I'm really interested in Bay Lake Towers, but I'm thinking that you know I'm looking for any way in I can right now <laughs> with uh, with 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 Walter. So I'm thinking you know take him out to Hawaii, fill him full of you know Johnny Walker Black, and <laughs> sit him in front of a sit him in front of a uh, a DVC rep <laughs> and an orchid. Yeah, <laughs> sit him in front of a DVC rep and just oh sign there. She wants to see how you sign your name. Let's go see practice. Um, is there any reason why you would do those resorts over a resale of, say, Old Key West? That's much, much less in price. Um, again, the, uh, the the argument that always comes back to me from him is, why would we buy a timeshare in Orlando? We live in Orlando. I'm like, okay. But again, I mean, you've been my, with me nine years. You haven't figured this out yet. But but again, my unless you have that need to book. A specific date that might be more popular, you can get in really cheap, and you can use them in Hawaii. You yeah. can use them in California. You can use them in any exchange. I've so. already, I, we've, I've already been through this with him, and it's yeah, you know, it's you, you have to understand. This guy gets upset when I tip a valet ten bucks. Okay, when I say he is so tight, he squeaks. Some of the biggest arguments we have had have been over the way I tip. Because he cannot understand why I, I worked in service for many years. I waited tables for many years. I've always been a big tipper. Always. You know this. I've always been a big tipper. That's my thing. I, I you know, I, I do. And he cannot. He's terrible. He's terrible with that stuff. So it's just, uh, I feel bad. I'm talking, I'm talking about him. He's not here. He defend himself. But <laughs> um, I'm just curious as to why people want to buy into that resort as opposed in my mind i think buy as cheap as you can get in on the ground floor. well i think it's also too i think olani's going to be extremely popular and i think that the uh the additional booking window you get having that as your home resort is probably going to make the difference for a lot of people at least for the first couple of years in terms of getting in i understand the whole booking window thing but i don't know it's just again i think it's more important to get in for the best price and have that same Opportunity to go there. Just my opinion. Okay. Well, we'll see. Well, thank you for uh, for for calling in, Carl. I'm sorry I couldn't give you more uh, concrete information on Alani, but I did want to bring the topic up. And certainly, if there's anybody out there that has some concrete information on Alani they want to share with us, I'd, we'd love to hear it, and we'd love to put it on the show. And like I said, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll try and reach out to DVC, have them send somebody in. This is a friendly crowd for DBC. Absolutely, we love them. So, um, yeah, we'll 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 see if that's something that can we can work out because there are there are a lot of questions about it. So maybe we can get someone from the decoration departments from Disney to come over and talk to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might be a little harder. 
So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for our email show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another episode of The Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. In Corey's backyard. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs>